What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, recording live on Monday, August 22nd. In light of some pretty big news that obviously we are going to get into, a big reason why we are recording an impromptu podcast in the August month of the NBA offseason. But before I introduce my guest, let me tell you how you can get in touch with the blog and with the podcast. So Grizzly Bear Blues is the official blog for the Memphis Grizzlies on SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. And the Grizzly Bear Blues podcast network is the podcast network for SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues. You can find any episode of GBB Live, the starting five, core four podcast, the next gen podcast, and soon Grizzly Bear Bets, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, or iHeartRadio. Once again, I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and today on this show, I'll be having on the Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Miffian, Drew Hill. Drew, how are you doing this afternoon, man? I'm good. It's been uh, a few weeks of not much going on, so it's good to have some uh, Grizzlies chatter back out there in the Hoops universe. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I've seen where you know Grizzly reporters like like you and DeMichael Cole were covering the golf tournament. Uh, a couple weeks ago here in Memphis for the uh, FedEx St. Jude Classic, as well as uh, Chris Harrington, Martin Giannato. So it's nice to kind of get back into hoops as we're about five weeks away from media day and training camp. But let's just get right into it. You get the notification that Shams Sarania reported that a Western Conference team is in the mix for Kevin Durant. And that got that team is the Memphis Grizzlies. So, just what are your initial thoughts uh, out of seeing that notification? Aside from, oh, I need to go cover on this. What were your initial thoughts? Um, I guess unsurprising because that was something we all kind of expected, right? Um, mm-hmm. I remember when the news first broke that he would maybe request a trade. There was talk about, all right, well, who are the teams that could potentially pull it off? And the Grizzlies were actually one of them. They fit sort of the mold of, okay, they're a team that could potentially trade for Kevin Durant. They have draft assets. They have young talent. They have salad that can match. Combine all those things together, and you you can convince yourself that Memphis had a chance, and then that sort of fizzled out, and then here you are again. Um with Memphis at least inquiring about Kevin Durant, and they're not the only one. I think there was about a third of the league's teams that were <laughs> that Shams mentioned alone in that one uh, little newsletter that he put out this morning. Um, but it's, I guess it's it's somewhat unsurprising, but it's also exciting because Kevin Durant is an awesome basketball player, and everybody I, I would assume, or at least most people. Um, know just how big of a superstar he is and how much he moves the needle. And so to potentially have that in Memphis is obviously very exciting. Um, or just, just to be to be able to talk about it and think about it is exciting. I don't even know if we should go that far yet. It's 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 very early in the uh in the talks here. No, absolutely, man. And I mean, let me tell you, it's it's exciting. Uh, I know, especially for me, I've been, you know, following the team since I was a kid, since they were playing in the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid, 
and I've never ever heard of anything about them inquiring about a disgruntled star or even acquiring a star in a trade. I think the closest thing we got to was the Grizzlies possibly trading for uh, Ray Allen or Paul Pierce in the latter days of that Boston three party kind of deal. But I mean, nothing to this magnitude of Kevin Durant and you know, it's exciting and it should have been expected because for one, it's Kevin Durant as an NBA organization. I feel like you have to do your due diligence to go ask about Kevin Durant and see what it would take because he is one of the few players in the league that actually moves the needle towards title contention, almost regardless of how the team's currently constructed at the moment. But also, too, like you said, we should have seen this coming because when the news and the rumors are kind of building up, for the Kevin Durant trade demand, the Grizzlies were all were always near the top of the betting favorites. And it's for the reasons you outlined. They have the flexibility kind of throw out whatever kind of package they want. And I think the key thing too is the Grizzlies also have a superstar that Kevin Durant would want to play with and John Morant. And those two would arguably be a top top two, top three duo in the league. Hell, I see I'm not trying to go like hyperbolic or anything and say they would be the absolute best, but it's hard to say they wouldn't be the best. So, I mean, the Grizzlies have kind of, and Zach Klein have kind of built to this moment of, hey, there's this disgruntled star out in the market. Let's go see what we can get to bolster the chances to bring a title to Memphis. And It's interesting yeah. to me because we've always talked about like this fork in the road that Memphis will eventually reach, like this opportunity to go for it, right? Um, you get close enough when you're a team in a small market like Memphis, the way that you win a championship is the blueprint for that. I think to some degree, somewhat looks like what the Raptors did when they traded for Kawhi Leonard at the perfect time. Now Kawhi ended up not staying, but I think that they would do the same thing all over again. um, If they were presented that option where you win a championship, you make a big ends up working out for you. And this is an opportunity where Kevin Durant for four years, like he's mm-hmm. not only would you be getting Kevin Durant, you'd be getting the future too. Um, and opportunities like this, they just don't present themselves very often. And you talked about, you know, uh, what we all did. We talked about the, the fork in the road that eventually they're going to reach where you have left and then make the moves that can put you over the top a chance to win the championship where well, you had the second best record in the league last year. You were played probably the most competitive series. I mean, it's between and Boston against Golden State. Um, and you did so without jaw several of those games. I just think that, you know, if fork in the road that we talked about a, a long time ago, they've hit that moment now. And this would be an opportunity to go for it, to to press eject on the slow build through the draft, over the home runs. Uh, I don't. This is like I see some Grizzlies fans like very against it, but you know, um, eventually that that's Zach Kleiman's job to figure out. Eventually, he needs to know when he needs to go for the home run swing, and it. This is a chance right here if he really wants to do it. I don't 
I think based on the report that we've gotten so far about not wanting to include Jackson or Bain, that is to keep Jackson and Bain from being in the middle of trade rumors. You don't want a situation where those guys are mad at you the way Jalen Brown seemed to be mad at Boston. Like you mm-hmm. want to avoid uh, so that that's is right. They have not closed the door on that potentially changing. Um, and so this is, this gets fascinating. I don't think that the Grizzlies, you would peg them as the favorite to get Kevin Durant right now, mm-hmm. but they've got the assets to do it. And if they're the first team to offer them up, they might have a real chance at getting him. I definitely agree. Uh, I'll get to the the Jaron Bain dynamic in a minute, but you talk about this fork in the road, and the Grizzlies aren't are there both at a co- competitive standpoint, but also from an asset standpoint. Dylan Brooks is going to make more than eleven million dollars in his next contract. It's he's a big wing that can defend all NBA talent, and he can create his own shot, shoot threes. He's going to get more than $11 million in the open market and unrestricted free agency next season. You have almost $30 million in expiring contracts between Steven Adams and Danny Green. Also, too, Brandon Clark, restricted free agent next summer. He He's a guy that teams, I guess Brooklyn, could be like, well, we could extend Brandon Clark or we can get him into restricted free agency and match any offer. You also have Zaire Williams. And Zaire Williams also represents probably the last time you would you're going to pick that high, probably for the rest of the 2020s. So that's kind of the fork in the road from an asset accumulation standpoint, where you may not be at this spot from an asset standpoint again. And that I could be wrong because you know they could. I mean, nobody expected Desmond Bain to build himself up to the point where he's being kept out of trade talks for Kevin Durant. That they, they could do that down the road. Who knows? But I just feel like they're just, you know, like you said, they're at a fork in the road, and it's also going to be just a huge test to not only their culture, but their commitment to the long-term plan that Zach Kleiman has talked about since he's gotten to Memphis. I I, I agree. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I'm moving ahead too far here, but you also have – to think about who you who you're sending back um, in a trade like this and how it relates to your future. Everyone's very excited about Zaire Williams. Um, I think for a pretty good reason. I mean, you've got guys like Dylan Brooks who's going into the last year of a deal. Stephen Adams who's going into the last year of a deal. Um, you and I both did the math on this. You can make this trade work without including Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson. But uh, it has to include Danny Green, who makes $10 million, uh, Stephen Adams, as well as Dylan Brooks. It has to include those three if you're not going to include Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, in, in this sort of deal. And so those guys are significant, too. Um, they're not nothing. You, you are giving away some pieces, but you're not giving away your future pieces. Those three guys are very clearly not going to be enough to get some sort of trade deal done. Um, I, I think you could offer all the picks and all the pick swaps, and you're still – that's still probably not going to be enough to get it done. You know, maybe it is the best offer. That's why you make this call because you need to know what other people are offering and, like, where what you would do at the maximum stands versus other people. Um, but I think that 
you know, you, you would have to include a Zaire Williams in that deal or one of your rookie draft picks from, you know, this summer uh, would have to be included in that deal. So I just think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things still up in the air. Um, and when you talk about mortgaging the future, when you talk about trying not to give up your future and you talk about being untouchable when it comes to or Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson being untouchable. You also have to understand that the dynamic of the team is severely going to change by giving up all the role players around them, which you would end up mm-hmm. having to give up a, a whole lot. So this is really complex. It's really hard to figure out. Um, and if it makes sense, but man, you put Kevin Durant and John Morant on the same basketball team. And that's just appointment television every single night. It's appointment television, and it's probably the clearest path for the Grizzlies to ultimately win a championship. And I, I, I feel like anybody could say this too. Like, you know, if they kept one of Jackson or Bain with Durant and Jaw, again, that's a that's a championship team. And also, too, think about this: if you keep this quartet in line, Jaw Morant, Desmond Bain, Kevin Durant, Jaron Jackson Jr. for four years, that. It gets interesting because I I don't I think when it comes to the teams that Kevin Durant's been on I think that Warriors team would be the only team that could stack up against it maybe that like 2016 Thunder team as well but I mean it, it kind of has a similar ingredients to the Warriors and since well I know Jaws not like this shooting supernova but you had that transcendent point guard you have the guy that's the three point shooter who can just be a threat without really needing a whole lot of dribble time, like with Bain and uh, Thompson. And then you have your all-defensive guy in Jaron. It's possible. My my thing is, are we absolutely sure that the Grizzlies don't have to include one of Jackson or Bain, or if not both, because it is Kevin Durant. The Nets have maintained a high asking price because they do have him. He's under contract for four years. They're, they're not afraid to kind of test and see Durant's commitment to this trade demand, but also too, at the same time, the, the nets willing to do a deal that's pick spaced without Jackson or Bain opens up the door for other teams. I mean, new, I, I point out uh, in a feature I'm dropping on Kevin Durant uh, trade possibilities opens up the door for new Orleans, who has all those picks from the drew holiday and Anthony Davis trade. You have Toronto, who could offer better players as well as about four first-round picks. Atlanta, maybe they might have the picks, but they have players. So it just it opens up an avenue for more teams to offer. And from even from that standpoint, that's where I'm also unsure that a picks-based package could trump anything um, for Kevin Durant. But I don't think that you know that. Right. You know, like that's why else is Zach Kleiman calling? If mm-hmm. truly Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson are untouchable, why would Zach Kleiman waste his time in calling and saying, I have these, you know, yeah. either he needs to know what the other offers are on the table or there's interest in it happening. You know, like he, Zach is a smart guy. Yeah. He's not going to call and waste his time and say, Hey, I've got four first round draft picks when he knows, the Raptors might have four first round trap or whatever. The Grizzlies got have to have something that other teams don't. And the Grizzlies certainly have a package that's good enough to get the deal done. Um, 
But that's why you call like I don't know what the other trade offers for Kevin Durant are that are out there. I don't know. So I don't know if Zach knew exactly what they were either, which is probably why he calls with interest and says, hey, well, we got a whole bunch of draft picks. If if nobody else is willing to throw that amount of draft picks out there, just letting you know we got them. Um, and maybe the Nets just scoff at that and say, all right, buddy, yeah, for yeah. sure. We're interested in your first-round draft picks when Scotty Barnes might be available, you know? Exactly. You know? Um, but but there's a reason why he's calling because sir, you wouldn't make that call unless you thought that there was a chance somewhere or if you had the edge up on someone or if you just wanted to know if you had a chance. Um, and so, I th- yeah, I, I think that Zach, you know, it, it was almost like great news for the Grizzlies because it gets everybody talking about the Grizzlies again and everyone's all excited. The Grizzlies are also are not the type of team that's going to leak this kind of stuff. Exactly. So it's clearly not coming from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, if the Grizzlies want you to know something, I think they they are pretty good about letting you know. When they don't want you to know something, they make that pretty obvious too. We can all see the by the way that they treat injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Grizzlies would want you to know that they're out there trading for Kevin Durant. But clearly somebody, you know, wanted this information to go out and uh, – Maybe it's enough to stir some other stuff up in the market, um, but it's exciting stuff for us to get to talk about at the very least. Oh, absolutely. And just kind of like the reporting base kind of thing of like, why would he report it? Also for like, for one, Zach Kleiman, he had said to us on, on draft night that he likes to work in the dark. And I, I also wanted to bring this up, like Brandon Abraham uh, pointing this out um, on Twitter where the Grizzlies don't release their information through Shams. They typically release it through Woj. And so I kind of dove deeper into it. And then I found where the only thing that Shams broke that Woj didn't was Jaron Jackson's return date in the 2021 season, the John Morant injuries last season, which is literally the same stuff that we get in press releases, like literally seconds before. Uh, the Grizzlies waving Dion Waiters and Jordan Bell, and then Dakota Mathias's hardship contract last season. He doesn't get the big Grizzly news that Adrian Wojnarowski gets. I, I know there's like it's it's nothing but something at the same time, but that that's kind. Of, I just kind of think it's a leak. I mean, the Nets, uh, Kevin Durant's camp, they've been leaking stuff through Shams all summer. I I think this is just that and nothing else. But I also do think that the Grizzlies are in the mix for Kevin Durant somehow and are talking with the Brooklyn Nets in some capacity where they may even be a team that's saying, hey, we can facilitate a multi-team trade. Um, I know there's the big um, elephant in the room where the Nets can't trade for another player on a designated rookie extension because of Ben Simmons. The Grizzlies with that salary of Danny Green, Steven Adams, and Dylan Brooks, they had the salary to match and probably go get Ben Simmons if they wanted to, which still adding Morant, Spain, Simmons, Jackson, that's still a championship core for probably five to 10 years. If he's right, if he's right, we don't know if he's right right now, but I, like you said, Zach Kleiman is a smart guy. There's definitely something in the dark there but he's not gonna just straight out 
put out there that, oh, yeah, we're making calls about Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. I don't mean to hijack your podcast here, but let me just ask you this. What's yeah. the, would you be willing to trade Jaron Jackson or Desmond Payne to get a deal done for Kevin Durant? If it's one of, yeah, I'd be willing to do one of. Um, I kind of go back and forth on the preference because it's either, hey, uh, keep the elite shooter that could be a very good third scorer next to Ja and Durant, but you would also just kind of have your defense collapse because you're probably losing Dylan Brooks as well. Or you keep Jaron. The defense could probably maintain around a league average to above league average level. But you're also losing a, a premier three-point shooter, something that you've been needing for over a decade. Like you finally got that guy in Desmond Bain that you've needed since they traded away Mike Miller the first time. So I, I kind of go back and forth on which one I would include. But if it had if they if they said, okay, include one of Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain and the deal can get done, I, I'd do it. Probably, probably the Jaron one because you could probably keep Steven Adams in there. So it'd probably be Jackson, Green, and Brooks. And then maybe a rookie, maybe Zaire Williams, and then whatever draft capital it takes. So what what is it for you? This was actually the question of the day. Would you trade one of Jaron Jackson or Desmond Payne in this? And what what would you think it would take for the Grizzlies to actually accomplish a Kevin Durant trade? Uh, well, you're giving up. You're definitely going to have to include uh, Steven Adams, you would think. I mean, I guess that changes a little bit with Jaron's co- new contracts kicking in. Mm-hmm. I haven't done math on that exactly, so I don't want to get ahead of myself there. Um, you're giving up five first round draft picks i mean that's just what it's gonna have to take so you're probably giving up five first round draft picks and if i were the nets i would probably be asking for desmond bain and i think if you're the grizzlies and you ask yourself you kind of have to ask yourself two questions is like who's more expendable and who's projects to be the better player um i think that you have a chance to have a really good backcourt i just worry if you keep desmond bain and john morant together for a really long time you also are going to have kevin durant on the ball a lot more because he's kevin durant Mm -hmm. and so you do have to i guess think about how those three guards if you consider kevin durant a guard are going to play together um and I think because I think Desmond Bain right now, if you if you polled Grizzlies fans, they would say is going to end up being the better player out of between him and Jaron Jackson. I'm not 100 percent sure of that, though. Um, and I don't know what exactly is going through Zach Kleiman's head and what the franchise believes there. Um, I, I don't know. Man, it's so hard. I don't know who I, if I would give up either one of those guys. I just think that the Grizzlies are in a really good position now to be set up for the future. And if you give up Jaron, I just – and especially if you give up Jaron and you give up like a Steven Adams or something, 
I do really – I think you become really concerned with your paint defense because you don't really have anybody and you everyone sort of figures Dylan Brooks would be part of the deal. You're just going to be losing a lot defensively. And basketball is a lot more than just offense. And I think you saw when the Grizzlies – defense struggled early in the year and they had that meeting in Utah to try to like get back on track just because their defense was really terrible up to that point and I think you have to worry about the defense if you give up Jaron Jackson and if you were to add Kevin Durant and keep Jaron Jackson then you keep shooting you keep defense um, you're not keeping shooting to the level of Desmond Bain but I think that it just sets up your team a little bit better, having a big man. Um, so it's really challenging because it's like, all right, if you believe Desmond Bain is going to be the better player, you want to keep Desmond Bain. Um, but if you think Jaron Jackson is going to be the better fit, which I think might also be the case, maybe you want to keep Jaron Jackson. I think for that reason, I don't know if I would do it. I I, I don't know if this is the chance you're, you'd be widening the gap between your – uh, best players significantly because Kevin Durant's into his thirties and Ja I think is 23 or 22 years old. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't think I would do it. I, I, I don't think I would do it. I can't believe I'm saying that, but the more <laughs> wow. I think about it out loud, I, I'm not sure that I would do it. it. It is a very, very tough dynamic for a lot of, I think the one thing that gets kind of underrated in the whole, whole defense thing is, I think regardless, Dylan Brooks is going to be gone in the deal. I think that's, I think that's kind of a given, especially since he's an attractive player in terms of salary because he's on an expiring eleven million dollar contract. Let's say Brooklyn gets him, and you know they get to a point in the season where they're not really kind of in the mix. They can trade Dylan to a contender. A cont- any contending team would want Dylan Brooks on their roster in the right role. And, you know, if you lose him, and let's say they want Zaire Williams in the deal, who's guarding the Luka Doncic's in a playoff? Who's guarding Luka Doncic in a playoff series? Who's guarding Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram, um, got Steph Curry? Guys, like, who, who's guarding those guys? I don't, I don't trust anyone other than Dylan Brooks right now in the 2022-2023 season to step up in that role because you're not asking Durant to do it. He's 34, has a lot of miles on him. You need him for offense. John Morant probably can't do it to that same level. Uh, so so who knows? I mean, granted, if it's no Bane, no Jaron, picks, and literally whoever they want besides the Grizzlies' talented young trio, let's go. Let's ride. Yeah, you do it Easy in a money. second. Yeah. I understand the apprehension of saying – no Jaron, but Bane, or no Bane, but Jaron. I feel like it's a lot more than just, oh, hey, they're adding Kevin Durant. You know, it's just part of 2K culture. Like, oh, you're adding Kevin Durant. Like, that should automatically make your team better, but there's so many different little small dynamics that are going to happen. So, I mean, for one, it's pretty late in the offseason. You're looking at a scenario where you're counting on guys like David Roddy and Jake LaRavia to be rotation players or Santi Aldama to be rotation players fairly quickly, not in the, not in the whole like, Oh, Hey, if so-and-so goes down, like you'll probably get your shot. Like 
hey, you're expected to be in the 10-man rotation from the jump on a championship-winning team. I, it's, it's risky. It's risky, but hell, sometimes to win a championship, you got to take a risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be fascinating to follow it uh, these next few weeks or to see if this will fizzle out. Um, I have a feeling that the Grizzlies probably won't want anyone to really know what's going on as far as negotiations with Kevin Durant go. But um, this one got out, so you never know what could get out you know, later on down the road. Um, but I suspect it'll probably be pretty quiet until something gets done. Um, I, that we, yeah. I don't think Kevin Durant will be announcing his top three as if it's like a uh, high school recruitment. Exactly, and I, I'm I'm suspecting that he ends up in Boston or Phoenix or Toronto. I think Toronto is the sleeping giant in all of this because even if they don't give up Scotty Barnes, they have Pascal Siakam, they have OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, Precious Achua. They have all their picks. They can do it. They came out of nowhere with Kawhi. I think they can come out of nowhere with Duran as well. Um, I I can also see a scenario where, and I I bring up I bring up that whole Mitchell Simmons Durant dynamic again because I feel like it's not a secret that Mitchell wants to go to New York. Technically, Brooklyn. It's in New York. If Phoenix is that willing to give up all their first round picks for Kevin Durant and however they want to get creative with pick swaps, and the Grizzlies could also throw in that Warriors 2024 pick and come away with Simmons to help Mitchell go to Brooklyn, that might be not from a player standpoint, from a pick standpoint, that might be the Knicks package that they have for Mitchell. There's this is this is like the weirdest offseason with absolutely no moves I think we've seen because you have two super two two all-stars one being a generational talent on the trade block and seemingly nothing has happened happened and it's put everything on pause yeah um I'm just kind of <laughs> I, I I'm going with the flow at this point yeah you know, I came on this podcast I feel like I'm just thinking out loud you know yeah, I've been doing that for like a few weeks um, as far as NBA news goes. Um, but uh, I I would really like to see what's going to happen with the Nets before the season starts. Same here. Because man. I know we're going to end up having to talk about, you know, what we think is going to happen this year. Moving to Phoenix or where in the Western Conference would be fairly significant so i'm just cheering for something to get done whether it's that mega deal you want to talk about that includes simmons and kevin Durant, that would be the biggest trade in nba history my god um but whether it's that or something else um i just want to I'm, I'm like ready to know man I'm, I'm tired of thinking out loud i'm tired of going to the trade machine and punching in the numbers to see what kind of salary works uh i just want to know I'm I'm ready for it to to start. I'm ready to know where all these guys are are gonna wind up. And it does happen to be Memphis. Ooh, it is gonna be a very fun rest of our off season. Absolutely. And and if it is if it is Memphis, we're in for one hell of a season. Maybe even one hell of a, a four year stretch. Um, I I think also too that John Durant would be like the Jordan and Pippen of um. NBA player Twitter 
Uh, I think that could be absolutely, I think both the greatest thing to happen, but also just something that could just be absolute carnage. But <laughs> that, uh, that would be, that would be, I don't know. I don't know if you want that distraction. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, GBB zone, Nathan Chester may never be safe again, but um, yeah, it's, I hope it's Memphis. I just want something to happen before the season starts. Not even with just Kevin Durant, but with also Donovan Mitchell. Just I don't want anything to take away from the basketball because they're like this NBA season is shaping up to be like really good. You know, the Western Conference is back because you have guys like Zion and Kawhi and Paul George coming back or Jamal Murray coming back. Uh, you have these young teams taking a rise. You have teams like like Memphis with exciting with an exciting superstar with John Morant, sec, second best team in the league last year. Um, there you have like the epic tank race as well with uh, the 2023 draft. You have the Eastern Conference kind of running it back a little bit and being loaded once again. I just don't want any of this smoke, any of the rumors to kind of take away from the the actual basketball we're about to have next season. Yeah, man. I'm looking to it. We're getting Yes, sir. We are getting close. Um, and Drew, as we're signing off, just let the people know where they can find you and your work. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM. It'd be nice if Twitter would and allow me to be verified, but it doesn't matter how many times I try. Seems like that's just a, a pipe dream. It's not gonna happen. So you can follow me over there. Um, you can read my work in the Daily Memphian. I got a newsletter that I write every Thursday, and then during the season, it's every Monday and Thursday. And you have to be subscribed to the newsletter, but I write about a lot of fun stuff over there, so you can go check that out as well. Absolutely, I think it's absolute BS that Drew is ver as Drew isn't verified on Twitter, but I but I am. I think that's a load of crap. I wish I could just like sell mine off to Drew. Oh no! Maybe no. if uh, maybe if uh, Twitter verified is listening to this somehow, they'll know, or they'll just go ahead and verify Drew because I guess I'm too much of a Twitter bad boy. Yeah, I guess I so. I don't, I don't bleep out the the curse words like when Jaw says when Jaw's cursing or anybody else for that matter is cursing in the post game. I don't bleep it out. I just I just put it in there normal. So I think maybe that's it. Maybe they don't like my potty mouth on Twitter. That might uh, or be everybody it. else. But. That might be it. Who knows? Maybe it's the the combination of sports teams that you root for with Bama, the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Bears. That might just be too lethal out there for a verified member. Who knows? I don't know what it is, but they're they're making a mistake. But yeah, go to Drew on Twitter. Follow him at Drew Hill underscore dm maybe throw a tweet over at uh at verified on twitter to make sure that he gets verified make sure you read all the work over the daily memphian really great stuff that's uh provides very unique coverage around the city anything you want really so make sure you're reading up on that subscribing there and there you can find all of drew's work uh you can follow me on twitter at paca underscore flocka read all of our work over at grizzlybearblues.com and subscribe to the grizzly bear blues podcast network wherever you get your podcast. And with that, 